Hello, everybody. It is February 4th, 2024, after arguably the biggest Saturday of basketball we've had to this point in the season. Will, how are we feeling about this this past week? Um, An awesome week, an awesome Saturday full of awesome games. I'm um, excited to get into it. Um, as always, I'm Will. That's Jake. This is Statletics College Basketball. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that went down yesterday. You want to, Jake? I'd love to. It was a great day. Uh, first game we got on, Houston at Kansas. Kansas didn't seem like they they flinched at all. Houston came in there and they just beat him. Allen Fieldhouse was rocking yesterday. It didn't seem close until kind of the, the end of the second half, but not really. Hunter Dickinson was doing his thing. Um, McCuller was doing his thing. But overall, I really like to see Johnny Furphy um, number ten. He was he was just getting good big shots after big shots, shooting really well down the stretch, and it seemed like everybody was making st- shots for Kansas. You got anything on this game? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, huge win for Kansas. You and I, uh, we were both all over this one. Um, normally, when we agree on something, that means that the other outcome will likely come to fruition. Um, but we nailed this one. Kansas by double digits uh, needed a big win after uh, struggling through uh, the end of January, picking up a couple conference losses. Um, definitely a signature win to pick up um, over the Houston Cougars at home. I've never, as, as long as we've been doing this, I haven't seen a team shoot almost 70% from the field. And Kansas did that on Saturday. That's just crazy. And another crazy stat is Kansas has only been an underdog twice at home against the top 10 opponent and they've won both times i don't know who made them underdogs but i loved every second of it Uh, to be honest i'm still i'm i'm still not a believer in kansas though this was a big win and we saw this one coming but i don't see them making a run in the tournament we'll get to that later um next game auburn at old miss this is a game that I like to look at just because Will predicted it wrong. He liked Ole Miss in this one. I like. Well, I was right at the beginning of the game. They Ole Miss looked were. awesome to start out, and then Ole Miss was murdering Auburn for for anyone that didn't watch this game. What did, did it get up to? Like fifteen or sixteen? Like it was like a 15 ten minutes point into the game. Ten point game. Yeah, yeah, and then they were winning at halftime. And then Auburn just exploded in the second half. They ended up beating them ninety-one to seventy-seven. Um, Ole Miss just doesn't have the dudes yet with Chris Beard. They need a couple more years, get some more guys in. Auburn is a more matured team. They've been there before, deep run in the tournament last year. I think they had their sights on Alabama this week. So, but yeah, uh, Will got this one wrong. Will, you got anything to say about that? Yeah, I mean that happened to me twice this past week where. Um, I, uh, picked a team that I thought was going to win. Um, and then they got out to an early lead, double digits, and then end up choking away said lead, um, and leaving me defeated. Uh, the other one, um, Wisconsin at Nebraska. That one hurt a lot more. I tweeted that one out on our, uh, our uh, X account, I guess I, it's not Twitter anymore. Um, but yeah, so I'm um, tuned to 
on statletics underscore bets. So maybe let me get going before you start tailing me. I'm not going to act like I'm the world's best gambler, but you know, Hey, we're doing our best, but the, um, Wisconsin was up 16 at halftime and in their last 120 games with a 15 plus point lead at halftime, they were 120 and 0. And then they decided to choke away the lead. I think Nebraska started out the second half on like a 20 to three run or something crazy like that. And then um, the Cornhuskers ended up clutching up in overtime and getting the big win over uh, top 10 Wisconsin Badgers. That happened to me too. I tweeted out Kentucky and Wake last week, and both of them got in, went into halftime with leads, and then both of them folded. They both ended up losing outright. So maybe we should look into first half money lines. <laughs> We're really good uh, at, at guessing who's going to start out the game well, just not who's going to win the game. Yeah, which is not what people want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Back on track, Duke at UNC. Uh, UNC didn't didn't look like they were going to lose at any part of this game. It was a little bit tight for, at first, but huge game from Armando Baycott. I think he had like 25 and 10. Uh, and also just huge game from RJ Davis. He just continues to just put up 20 points after 20 points. Uh, I also liked what I saw out of Harrison Ingram. I mean, UNC just keeps on winning games. And Duke didn't play bad. I mean, Jeremy Roach had 20. McCain had 20, Filipowski had 22. It was just UNC was just too much to handle. They're just the better team, and they're at home, which means a lot in this this rivalry. But yeah, did anything stick out to you, Will? Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I think if Harrison Ingram continues to shoot it how he's been shooting it up to this point this year, then I believe he had a career high in threes um, on Saturday night. Uh, so I think he could be that X factor for them come March because you know. They obviously have Armando Baycott and RJ Davis, who have been exceptional this year. Um, but yeah, glad to see the Tar Heels take care of business at home. Um, it was a good game, fun game to watch. Looking forward to the rematch um, at Cameron Indoor. Yeah, I love it. I love that rivalry at Cameron Indoor a lot more than whenever they're at UNC. But it's, I mean, it's a treat every time we get them. Harrison Ingram is probably he's up there with Caleb Love as probably the best transfers that panned out for their, their individual teams, him coming over from Stanford. He was like the missing piece that they needed. And I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to lose at this point. Uh, Iowa state played Baylor on Saturday. Baylor needed this win so bad. They've been playing terrible as of late losing left and right. Iowa state's been on fire, but Baylor ended up getting the win. It was a close one. 70, 68. I didn't get to catch this one with so much basketball on, in all honesty. But some stats that stuck out to me Baylor shot above 50% from three, almost 50% from the field. field. I mean, shot it well at home. They needed to get this one if they were going to main, maintain top 25 status. Will, did you catch any of this game? Um, I wasn't able to watch this one either. Um, but. I still have faith in the Bears. They've just had two skids. I mean, they only have five losses this year. Um, they lost to Michigan State and Duke back-to-back back in December, and then they went on a three-game skid there in January. Um, I think Coach Drew will be able to get their team ready um, for the tournament. Hopefully, even in the conference tournament, maybe they can make a run, get some momentum 
Um, but they'll obviously definitely be a tournament team and somebody to watch out for. Um, you know, maybe a little Sweet 16 matchup upset alert. I could see uh, Baylor, who had very high preseason expectations and has played well up to this point in the year, but has been slightly disappointing. Um, I could definitely see them being a spoiler in the tournament. Yeah, and they got good scores with Ray J. Davis. And, I mean, Missy has came on for him as of late. I know he only had six points yesterday, but, I mean, he's been dominant in some of the wins that they've they've really needed down up to this point. So we'll see if they get they get on get back on track. Iowa State, we always talk about how they're a low-scoring, defensive-minded team. And giving up 70 on Saturday was not what they wanted, but – Generally, if they're scoring almost seventy points, I feel like they win. So, I mean, the Big Twelve is just a, just a slugfest. It's like everybody just beats everybody every week. I, I mean, it's I not- I feel like I I can't get a feel on the pulse of how good these teams are because, like, when you look at the Big Ten, Purdue's head and shoulders above everybody else. Big East, UConn, um, obviously Marquette in there as well, but UConn far and away. Pac-12, Arizona, head and shoulders above everybody else. SEC, there's a little bit more parity, but there's still a pretty big divide between the top and the bottom of the conference. I mean, ACC, it's Duke and North Carolina and then everybody else. In the Big 12, I feel like there's like eight teams who could make a run in the conference tournament and go win it. I think I think one thing we need to mention is it too early to put South Carolina in the top of the conference in the SEC. I mean, I don't think so. I, I well, it's kind of one of those things where everybody's just been waiting for them to to lose, and they're just not. I mean, since they January twentieth, they they've won five straight, beating Kentucky and Tennessee, and Tennessee and Knoxville. Um, I mean, they got other wins against Missouri, Arkansas, and Georgia, which obviously aren't impressive. But, I mean, two of those were also on the road. So, I mean, they only have three losses on the year, all to good teams, Clemson, Bama, and Georgia. I don't I don't see why. I, I don't have anything to, like, say against them. You know, they've been very impressive, and they just continue to put together wins. and. They're, they're fun to watch. I think they're a prime example of building a team the right way through the transfer portal. You, you see a lot of teams take a lot of transfers and not do very well. But they've taken a lot of their guys out of the transfer portal, and it seems like they meshed so well. And they, they play such good, solid defense, team defense. I think they rate last in the NCAA for pace of play, but it's just because their defense is so good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really excited to see them more in conference play. I mean, I know we only have like eight games left, but at this point, they've done enough to be in the top 25. Honestly, they've done enough to be in the top 15, in my opinion, even this past week. I agree. Um, I will say something interesting. I'm looking at their Ken Palm page right now. They're 42nd in the Ken Palm rankings, which is much higher than I expected. I know, obviously, there's. Um, quite often a big difference between the AP poll and the Ken Palm poll, but um, just based on their performance, I would have expected them to be higher. So I just think that's a little curious. I wonder where the discrepancy is there because they're definitely going to be ranked. I think they should be top 15, um, potentially top 10. So 
Um, excited to see what tomorrow's AP poll shows. Me too. Uh, in in the SEC, and this is a game I didn't want to talk about. Uh, Tennessee at Kentucky. Famously, last week as a Tennessee fan, I picked Kentucky. We'll pick Tennessee. Um, I just didn't see it. Tennessee wasn't haven't been moving the ball very well. Lost to South Carolina last week. It looked like Connect was our only offensive outlet, and boy was I wrong. Tennessee got basically all of their starters in double figures and base and had one of the best offensive output games that I've seen under Rick Barnes. I mean, that was impressive to watch. I think Connect finished with like ten to fifteen, which was brutal. I, I had him over in prize picks, but it, the rest of the team. Hey, Jake, what did I tell you when you sent that prize picks? You said it was too much, and I thought. I mean, and, it was. And who did I? Who did I say was going to have a good game? Didn't you say Josiah or Triple J, baby? Josiah Jordan James. Guess how many uh, points he had, Jake. Uh, probably like 25. He would have covered DK's line. 26. Yeah, I mean, Zakai Ziegler and Triple J, Josiah, Jordan James combined for 52. The Vols put up 103 points in Rupp Arena. Rick Barnes owns John Calipari. Rick Barnes owns Rupp Arena. The Vols own the Kentucky Wildcats in every sport. And I love it. That this this was the most fun I had watching a basketball game in years. Because I mean, Kentucky was fun too. Rob Dillingham had thirty something. Like they scored ninety two points. Like it wasn't just an absolute blowout. Even though the ball scored in triple digits. Honestly, probably a lot to watch in the film room for Tennessee defensively. Um, but yeah, just a really fun game to watch. And uh, the narrative of. Rick Barnes going in, beating top 10 Kentucky teams on the road, uh, lives another day. It's honestly, I'm so dumb for picking Tennessee to, to lose at Kentucky. After we've done that the past couple of years, we, we, lose, we win at Kentucky and then we lose at home. And I don't, I don't want that to happen, but it sure seems like we're going to stay on that trend. Rob Dillingham was nuts, though, on Saturday. He was he was virtually unstoppable. Couldn't miss from three. Could do whatever he want. And it's just a bad matchup whenever Connect switches on him. Connect's defense is just not good enough to to stop a stop Rob. But Kentucky will be fine moving forward. They didn't have DJ Wagner, and they didn't have Edwards, one of their backup backups off the bench. So once they get those guys back, I think that they'll be they'll be back. We also game. we also had a little. Uh... A little love story. I don't know. Did you see that on Twitter? No. Our guy, our guy Toby Awaka. Uh, did you see when he and Bradshaw got into a little pushing match? Yeah, yeah. It it seemed like uh Bradshaw might have given him a little a little kiss during that scuffle. And I saw the slow mo video of it, and because Toby never really gets upset, he's very mild mannered. Obviously, plays really hard and. But he doesn't really show emotions that often. And this was like the maddest anybody had ever seen him. And so people went back and watched the video. And it, it really looks like Aaron Bradshaw, like when they're in each other's faces, like like literally like kisses him. It's it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, the we, we got to see some emotion out of Tobey, which was fun. Um, 
But yeah, apparently he like started a book club for the Vols players. Like very Okay. Yeah. Like calm, collected person. I mean, plays very aggressively, like in in no way and am I trying to say he's soft because he's not. He's probably um the guy on our team who plays the hardest playing defense and going after rebounds both offensively and defensively, but um that was the first we had seen of him, you know, getting really fired up like that. And so the seeing why was, was really funny. He's hanging out with too many Arkansas players. <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and we should uh we should touch on that because that was probably the most interesting story from this week in college basketball was the alleged love triangle of the three Arkansas players where um, one of them transferred and then it came out that it was because of uh, some relations between players. We do believe that that um, has been ruled as not true. So we wanted to go ahead and get on the record and try to uh, shut that rumor down. Um, I don't really know where it came from. We just know a bunch of the Arkansas players have been joking about it, and some insider sources have just been like, yeah, that's just blatantly not true. Someone just made it up. But uh, definitely a funny scenario. Got some laughs. Um, uh, and, you know, glad to hear it's not true. So that way that team still has a chance to move forward this year, even though they've struggled quite a bit up to this point. Uh <laughs> Uh, so I read online that it, it originated on like fan message boards, like SEC South or, or something like oh, that. Shocker. And just took a, a life of its own. People just kind of ran with it. Once one of the players left the program and it was just, people just spe- started speculating after they started losing. They didn't seem like they had any camaraderie within the team. Um, but I, I will say uh, Brazil did post something funny on his story where he was s- signaling a triangle to the camera and he posted it on his Instagram signaling, like acknowledging the, the alleged love triangle. I don't think that it's true. I think it is a, a good opportunity for Arkansas to like use this as fuel kind of band together. See like people are making, making fun of us and drawing all these speculations. We've just been playing that. So if they want to, to have these rumors to stop, maybe they should play better. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. They, they have a lot of room for growth. They have a lot of room for they, improvement. They can't do much worse. <laughs> they got absolutely destroyed by LSU on Saturday. It was at LSU, but I saw a clip Crush. of one of their players like really uh, being unhappy with Coach Eric Musselman. Um, so it, it seems like the Arkansas locker room has much bigger fish to fry than the rumors of the the fake rumors of a an alleged love triangle. Um, See, so yeah, I don't, I, I doubt they're too worried about it, and I I can see where you're coming from with the, hey, you know, maybe this is something they could rally behind, but at, at the same time, I also just kind of feel I mean, like they're knows? like, I I don't know, I, I they have to cling I, on to something because they are so bad and so. I guess really, they're they're could. I mean, they couldn't make the tournament even if they would. I mean, they could win the SEC tournament. Would that be the only way they get in? Yes. Yeah. I mean, their record in conference play is abysmal. So, so yeah, they. I feel like that's like a driving force for 
a lot of these bubble teams is, you know, every every single game matters if we want to have a chance in, to to get in the tournament. And I feel like Arkansas doesn't really have that motivation anymore. So um, it's been bad to this point in the season, and it's gotten even worse since conference play has started. Uh, I'm hoping they can figure it out, but signs um, are pointing the other direction. Interesting rumor I heard uh, yesterday, actually. I think we were talking about Arkansas last night, me, you, and a couple other guys, but I've heard that Musselman wants to take the UCLA job, and UCLA wants their current coach gone. Um, Mick Cronin, is he UCLA's coach still? Something like that. UCLA has been bad, and I think a lot of it has to do yeah, with they still have a core of players with – Jamie or I can't even Jacquez Jr. <laughs> Jaime Jaquez. Uh, yeah, Jaime yeah. Jaquez Jr. And he's he's really good, by the way. Like for the Heat, so I love good. watching him play. But yeah, I think it just it kind of proves that their coach isn't very good. They just had a good solid core of guys. So I think Musselman kind of wants out of Arkansas. Maybe he wants to go to UCLA. UCLA wants to get get rid of their coach, especially after this season. All he's had to deal with, yeah. I no, it's, but I think that'd be a good fit. I think Coach Musselman is a great coach. Obviously, he's done some awesome stuff in his tenure at Auburn, whatever. Or sorry, at Arkansas, um, whatever is going on this year, I may or may not have to do with Coach Musselman. But I mean, he's proven himself as a good coach, and um, hopefully, he'll get back on track. Whether or not it's at Arkansas. We'll see. Back on track. Uh, Purdue played at Wisconsin today. This was a highly anticipated game, two against six. Wisconsin has been steadily moving along through the Big Ten, just beating up on everybody, beating up on teams they should beat. Suffering Nebraska. They haven't really been, been tested. <laughs> they, they haven't really been tested by a quality opponent, and Nebraska was such a ratty line. Well, come on. But – Purdue goes in there and takes care of business. Wisconsin shot terrible today. 70% for three. Wisconsin out-rebounded them by like 15. Uh, did you catch this game? I was I was unable to due to some plans. I was – so I had a men's league basketball game this afternoon, but um, pregame and at halftime, and then while I wasn't in the game, I was watching it on my phone because I uh, I bet on Wisconsin again. Really smart, right? Um, Purdue jumped out to like an early, I think, six point lead. And then I took Wisconsin live. Um, it was like plus four and a half, I think. And then Wisconsin was only down two at halftime. Uh, and then at the end of the game, I did catch the very end. There was maybe like two minutes left, I think. And Wisconsin had the lead. Or sorry, Purdue had the lead by like two, and they just dumped it into Zach Eady, and he did the two dribble, shoot it over the defender, and it went in. And then <laughs> Wisconsin went down, missed a shot, and then Purdue entered it into Zach Eady again, and they hacked him, and then he made two free throws. I mean, just at the end of the game, having him, especially when they're already in the bonus, because now he can make free throws, so like you can't just – hack him immediately having that option just be like everybody get out of the way 
this is our best option to get points, whether or not he gets fouled. Just throw it to him and get out of the way. I mean, it's the value of it can't be understated. He's so good. Purdue moves it just, on. It's, it, it, it just kind of separating themselves. They it really sucks. Are. It sucks to watch. Yeah, especially when you're betting against it. Wait, Purdue, I, UConn, I, and UND have separated themselves from the field, though, I believe. Purdue, UConn, and North Carolina? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that Yeah, for sure. Maybe I actually they I would maybe I would maybe say North Carolina and Yukon or sorry, Purdue and Yukon have separated themselves more than North Carolina has. I mean obviously North Carolina looks far and away the best team in the ACC, but I mean they dropped that game to Georgia Tech this past week. I feel like that was a step in the wrong direction for them and Purdue and Yukon are just steamrolling everybody. So I'd say True. Tier 1A is Purdue and UConn, and then Tier 1B would be the the North Carolinas. Maybe nope. even the – maybe even throw the Tennessees – Tennessee in there at this point. I mean – Are we all good with the, the recap from last week? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. A new segment that me and Will are doing um, – Biggest winners and losers from the past basketball week. This was a little bit hard earlier in the year just because conference play brings out probably the, the best of everybody and the worst of everybody. So now that we have that, um, one of my biggest winners for the week <laughs> was the Ole Miss floor cleaner. I was uh, Will, did you did you see the, the clip of Ole Miss floor, floor cleaner against Mississippi no, State? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Ole Miss's floor cleaner – Something happened where a, a bunch of guys dough on the floor, made the floor pretty sweaty. So he comes out there and starts scrubbing down the floor as hard as he can. He's running around and immediately starts hyping up the crowd after throwing his hands in the air, just screaming at him. And Love the it. announcers, they, they, they weren't even going to the commercial. They were just showing it to national TV. And the crowd was going nuts. They were eating it up. Ole Miss ended up winning, and they ended up they interviewed the guy after the game, and it was electric. That that is that is the epitome of college basketball. If you guys haven't seen the video, go look it up online. It is probably one of the best clips I've ever seen. Let me ask you, Jake. Couple things. So, was it like was the vibe similar to when a walk on gets in at the end of the game? Maybe a coach's son walk on, fifth year senior has never scored. Gets a three in the corner, it goes in. The arena erupts for the home team to go up by 33. Was it like similar to that? No, no. It it felt like it felt like you know whenever you have a good halftime show and the crowd gets really into it. Ah, uh, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that was like during a TV timeout. And okay, yeah. The crowd was just going nuts. Well, and did you? My favorite. Yeah. My favorite halftime show of <laughs> this weekend was. Um, North Carolina and Duke. Did you see that? No, I did not. There was a baby race. It was it was like a bunch of babies who couldn't walk yet. They were probably less than a year old, and they set up like a starting line and a finish line, probably like fifteen feet apart. And 
the dads put the babies down and then they said go. And then the moms were like trying to get the babies to crawl to them. And only one of the babies crawled across and <laughs> the baby like went to the wrong mom. Was it, was it the length of the floor? Or was it like a half court? No, it was literally only like 15 feet. Like the babies didn't have to go far at all, but most of them were not interested. It was pretty funny. Child abuse. Link of the floor. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that would that would have been bad. No, it was it was definitely a, a reasonable distance. Uh, another winner. Top five basketball teams minus Houston. Seemed like all of the the better teams took care of business on Saturday, and. They did. UConn, Purdue, and UNC all won Saturday slash Sunday. Houston lost to a formidable Kansas team. So, I mean, if you take the the entirety of the week, you can argue a little bit. Tennessee lost during the week. So did Carolina. I would say, but the Carolina and Tennessee losing earlier in the week made their wins on Saturday that much bigger. Like, North Carolina dropped a game to Georgia Tech that they shouldn't have lost. It was on the road, but, I mean, they should still take care of business against Georgia Tech. Tennessee Tennessee lost at home against South Carolina, and they were, like, 15-point favorites. So, both of the wins on Saturday against their rivals, North Carolina at home, Tennessee on the road, huge wins for two really good teams. On to the biggest losers. (laughs) We already touched on this, but the Arkansas Love Triangle is just terrible PR for your breaker. I mean, there's just no no worse PR PR for your basketball like, team. Yeah, and I'm we your sad story. Yeah, even if it's false, I, was, I, I think that it harms it, it harms them more than what people kind of consider as far as recruiting, donors, fundraising. Like that's just something you don't want to hear out of the team that, that you're potentially giving money to or committing to. Even it's false rumors. False. Yeah. But. It's it's not true. So, like, it sucks. But I agree with you that it definitely could impact recruiting, which could be one of probably multiple reasons that Coach Musselman is wanting out of Fayetteville. Um, but, yeah, glad to hear it's not true. And now Arkansas has a giant pile of other issues to deal with. Yeah. Rick Pitino, another loser, lost one out of his last six, couldn't knock off UConn or Marquette at home. And both of those were circled by a lot of different uh, sharks on Twitter that is, is they wanted they, – they had St. John's winning against UConn and Marquette. Both of those lines were extremely small for how bad St. John's been. But is Rick Pitino washed? I mean – the Marquette game was really close. They lost by one. Um, the Connecticut game, I mean, UConn is just, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else in the Big East. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to lose by double digits at home, but you kind of just got to tip your cap. And UConn was out there big man, too. I don't want to say his name wrong. Alex Caravan, is that how you say it? Uh, no, no. What is his name? Either way. Klingon. Huh? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Caravan is their starter. Kling, Kling, Klingden or whatever is like their backup. Yeah, I don't think Alex Caravan played on Saturday. I think he's hurt. 
Um, so yeah, so UConn win by double digits uh, was definitely a big win. But yeah, I mean, I would say the more concerning loss this week for St. John's was they lost by double digits at Xavier. Um, so I know Xavier is, you know, definitely not bad. They've had a decent year, but you know, if if we're expecting St. John's to be in this upper class of the Big East, then they need to take care of business. They've lost five out of their last six. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely not looking good for Coach Patino. Well, I love how social media likes to build Coach Patino up. They want to get him into the tournament. They they love having his personality around, and he was a great coach, still is. But they're just not there yet. St. John's is pieced together by transfers, and they're just – they're not consistent. Not a good team. Also, another loser. I think I think you did a little bit more research into this one. Armando Baycott. Yeah. Uh, so there was a play where Mondo was guarding Kyle Filipowski. And Armando admitted that he was in Kyle Filipowski's cylinder. But there was contact um, with Armando's mouth. And he actually chipped five of his teeth. Um, when they asked him about it in the postgame presser, he was like, yeah, honestly, like he didn't do anything wrong. I probably fouled him and they didn't call it. So he was a great sport about it. He was like, yeah, it definitely hurts. But, uh, Kyle didn't do anything wrong. So while he was definitely in some pain and probably some dental work, uh, he was able to keep his composure and didn't, um, it wasn't, uh, a mean guy about it. I feel like he could have handled it a lot differently and he handled it the right way. Um, the last loser, Kentucky's home dominance coming to an end. They've lost back-to-back home games without DJ Wagner and Edwards. Now they have Gonzaga coming in this week. Are you concerned about Kentucky at home? Do you like them better on the road versus at home? And how are you feeling overall about Rupp Arena on its decline? I mean, did you see John Calipari refuse to talk to the media after the game? No. Yeah, he, he didn't talk to him at all. No, and old boy Kentucky Sports Radio, what's his name? Matt Jones, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. He was uh, not too pleased with Coach Calipari, and I feel like he's um, pretty reflective of Big Blue Nation. Um, I feel like. Their fans are more worried about how they are going to get him out of his lifetime contract uh, rather than, um, you know, worried about the home games. I mean, Kentucky's going to be a tournament team. Seeding will obviously be different. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they can figure out their struggles at home. But I still think they could piece it all together and make a run in March. Um, just need to see more out of Coach Calipari. All right. <clears throat> Wraps up biggest winners and losers. Uh, looking ahead, and we'll go through these a little bit more quick than usual. Texas Tech plays at Baylor this week. Um, right now, I think our model has Baylor favored by about five points. Baylor just took it. <laughs> Texas Tech just beat BYU in Oklahoma last week. Baylor just beat Iowa State. 
So they're both coming off pretty big wins. BYU, the BYU win and the Oklahoma win last week was huge for Texas Tech. They kind of solidified themselves in the middle of the the Big 12 conference uh, in-season championship. What do you? What's your pick on this game? Yeah, I mean, two good teams, both playing well. Um, I'm, I like, like I said earlier, I don't think I have my finger on the pulse of the Big Twelve as well as I would like to. So, give me the home team. Give me the Baylor Bears. <laughs> I mean, I tend to agree. I have no clue how to predict Baylor this year. I mean, they went on a three-game skid yeah. last week, and. and and then turn around, they beat Iowa State, who has had huge wins recently against Kansas and other teams. I mean, I guess I'll go with Baylor. The, the, the home team generally seems to win in these types of scenarios. And I think if it's five or less, I think Baylor ends up covering too. Next game, BYU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's coming off two losses to Texas Tech and Texas last week. Heartbreaking. Because I bet on <laughs> BYU is coming off two pretty big wins. Um, personally, here I like Oklahoma. I think that they're they're going to be a little bit more inspired. Starting off the year so hot, and then now they've gotten the Big Twelve and they struggled a little bit, especially losing to Texas last week. That was kind of a heartbreaker, and then being so close to Texas Tech too. I mean, those are two rivalry games that you don't want to lose, but. I think, I think the the home team here matters, and if it's anything less than two, then I think they cover two. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be opposed on this one. I like the BYU Cougars. Um, not really exactly sure why. I mean, Oklahoma's coming off a loss um, <clears throat> to Central Florida. BYU coming off two big wins. BYU is still a top 10 Ken Palm team. Um, not sure exactly what he loves so much about them, but I'm going to go with it because he's a lot smarter than I am. So give me BYU to win outright. Oh, I hate that. You're telling me that Oklahoma comes off of two losses and they're going to go lose a third? I mean, Baylor did it, but what are the odds that Oklahoma does? I mean, St. John's did it. I just, I mean, I think BYU is a better team. Mm-mm-mm. That's a terrible pick, but we'll see. <laughs> I hate that pick. Next game, Alabama at Auburn. I cannot wait for Wednesday night. Wednesday night's going to be huge. Um, at Auburn, after they lost to Alabama on Alabama's home court, hopefully the lights function this time. If you guys watched the, the last matchup. They got delayed for like 15 to 30 minutes because the lights weren't working in Alabama. They have poverty university. Anyways, um, <laughs> Auburn is projected by our model to win by four at this point. I tend to agree. I think they're the better team and they're at home. Although four seems a bit steep in a rivalry game, I still think Auburn ends up covering that number if it is four or tighter. Will you got any you got any feel in this? You were on Alabama. I last mean, time. yeah. I mean, I think I think this is a tough one because um, obviously two really good teams, big rivals, similar to North Carolina, Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky. You kind of 
expect them to split and the home team to win each game. Half of that prophecy has already been fulfilled in um, this particular rivalry. Uh, but I don't know, dude. Bama has just been scoring at a very high rate. And obviously Auburn can as well. But I feel like this one could go either way. Um, obviously, I think Auburn will be favored by three to five points. So I'll probably take Bama to cover, but Auburn to win. I think this is going to be a really close one. Threading the needle. Alabama, one game they got threat, swept under the rug a little bit. They beat Mississippi State, who's been a very good team, very solid. Um, they beat them 99-67 to 67 on Saturday, and that's just something you don't see Mississippi State giving up 99 points in a basketball game. They are just – that loss to Tennessee kind of woke them up. They be they're on a three game winning streak right now, four, actually. <laughs> Next game, TCU at Iowa State. Iowa State lost to Baylor Saturday, and TCU just lost to Texas. Both of these teams need it. Our model says that Iowa State will be favored by five. Um, I mean Iowa State is a very good team. TCU has. They're ups and downs. They they've played well this whole year. I have no feel in this game. If I were to choose it, I would choose Iowa State just because I think that they're a better basketball team. Five is a big number, though. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. I mean, both these teams are good. They Houston had back to back losses to TCU and Iowa State. Like they both are good basketball teams. Just um. Two of those solid Big 12 teams I was talking about that it just feels like, you know, could could win four or five games in a row at any point. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably stick with the home team, the Iowa State Cyclones, and hopefully that defense will be very stifling on their home court. Yeah. Lastly, Baylor at Kansas. Right now, Kansas has – our model has Kansas favored by three and a half with Baylor coming to town. Both teams are coming off of big wins, but Kansas has been rolling a little bit more than Baylor lately. Baylor had a pretty rough three-game skid, and they're pretty far back in the Big 12 standings right now. Personally, I think that if it's <laughs> – after seeing Allen Philhouse rocking like it was on Saturday, I have no I have no doubt that Kansas is going to come out fired up with their fans inspired after their big win against Houston. I, I'm going to stick with Kansas on this one, especially if it's under four. Yeah, I uh, think I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think Baylor's about to find their stride and get going, and the a win at Kansas could really turn their whole season around. Um, I think Coach Drew is going to have his guys inspired and excited to watch this game. It's going to be really fun. Honestly, I could see it going either way, but just uh, for the fun of it, I'll probably end up betting on Baylor. Because it's the outcome that I hope happens. And I just – I really don't believe in Kansas. I know you love Kansas. I I just don't really see Kansas, it. I mean, you agree with Kim Palm that Kansas is overrated. I don't think so. But they've got, they've got some dudes, but they're just so inconsistent. Very inconsistent. All right, that wraps up our look ahead. Another new segment we're looking into is Upset Alert. And we'll kind of get through these a little bit quicker, too. Right now, Iowa State's going to Texas this week. The model has Texas at minus six or minus 
I think that Texas ends up winning outright this week. Iowa State coming off a big loss. They're going to be drained. Texas has been playing great basketball. They're coming through a stretch where they played. This is going to be their fifth game against a ranked opponent in a row. And they've won. It looks like they've won two out of the four. Two out of the past four out of the top 25 teams. They beat Oklahoma and they beat <clears throat> TCU. I think that I think that they'll be ready to go on Tuesday, and I think that I think Texas gets the win here against Iowa State. Partly the reason why I think Iowa State ends up covering on Saturday against TCU. Yeah, no, I I'm, I think that's that's a good pick. Um, honestly, I think probably you know obviously Iowa State is ranked higher than Texas, but I think Texas will probably be favored in this game, um, just being the home team. Um, if that's the case, I'll probably fade you on this as it's one of your upset alert segments, and I will probably take the Cyclones to bounce back with two big wins this week over Texas and TCU. Another upset that I think is going to happen, um, Creighton at Providence. Obviously, Providence lost their best player earlier in the year, but they have had no shortage of close games and games that they've won where they probably shouldn't have. I think Providence ends up winning outright on Saturday too. Um, actually, I don't know if it's Saturday. Providence is a great team though. The big tw- in the big East home field, home quarter manage matters so much. It's a pick em on the model. Well, you think that you think Providence has a chance? Yeah, they've got a big game today against Villanova. I'm also on the road, you know, coming off the loss at UConn. Um, I will say that <clears throat> I think the Villanova game will have a big impact on how inspired um, the Friars, that's their mascot, right? The Providence Friars, um, how uh, how inspired they play against Creighton. I think if they lose today at Villanova, which is pretty likely, um, then they'll come in and be ready to take on the Creighton Blue Jays, but I think if they get a big win at Villanova today, maybe they um, might not have as much pep in their steps. So um, my answer for this game in particular uh, depends on the intermediate game. That's fair. Next, I know I know some people won't like me for saying this, but I think I think UNC loses a game this week. They they play. Miami and Clemson. They have Clemson at home. They go to Miami on Saturday. Miami's a better team than their record says they are. But Clemson, I think they're also a better team than their their record says they are. I think both of those teams are dangerous teams to play, especially back-to-back after you're playing Duke. High emotions game. Uh, Which one do you think that beats UNC if if you do think either one of them loses? Yeah, I mean, they're riding high right now in North Carolina after the just great win over Duke. I mean, it wasn't a blowout, but they just played really well. Um, and, yeah, I struggle to see North Carolina beating them at home or Clemson beating them at home. I feel like they match up really well with North Carolina, with Armando taking care of P.J. Hall. Um, but, yeah, so I think if – if they lose one of these two games, it'll definitely be Miami. And I agree with you that North Carolina should be on the upset alert for the Miami game. That one will be really fun to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, it also can't be overlooked. Clemson almost knocked off Duke at Duke, and they were right there. But Clemson's been right there in a lot of games, and they can't seem to seal the deal. On Saturday, they lost in a heartbreaker, horrible decision at the very end, shooting a three down one for a buzzer beater attempt. But I mean, Clemson's got a good got a good team, and they're a lot better than than how they've been playing recently. Um, last team on upset alert, and this pains me to say it. It is the Tennessee Volunteers taking on the Texas A&M Aggies on Saturday. It's a night game, 8 p.m. on Saturday at Texas A&M. And the model actually has Texas A&M favorite, barely, by point one. Um, but we classify that as a pick <laughs> I, I think the I think Tennessee actually goes and gets it done on Saturday. I think Texas A&M is – I think they're good, but they haven't been playing up to par. And Tennessee, if they can continue to play good ten- team basketball, I know they struggle on the road historically, but they proved that they can play on the road against Kentucky. I think they go and get a win on Saturday. Yeah, I think Tennessee proved something very important on Saturday. When, if the Dalton Connect has an off-night scoring, they can get the offensive production elsewhere. If Josiah Jordan-James can continue to play, how he did this past weekend. The Vols are going to be very tough to beat. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i assuming Vegas will also have this game very close, um, similar to the model. I am probably going to be scared to bet it, but if I had to lean one way, I'm probably going to stick with the Vols. Great. Yeah, I think those four teams have a pretty good chance of, of losing this next week, and, and that'll, that'll, that should shake things up, and I'm sure there's some that we didn't mention that will end up losing as well. For sure. Finishing it off, final four predictions. We're in we, February. We were One we month away. Fe- we were doing conference champion predict- predictions, but those seem a little bit more solidified, so this is a little bit more fun. Will, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't I didn't go too crazy with this. Um, I think Purdue I don't I don't know how you don't put Purdue and UConn in your final four right now. I think they're the two best teams in the country. They have clear paths to winning their conferences and being one seeds. UConn obviously last year proved they can get it done in March. Coach Dan Hurley is one of, if not the best coach in the country. They All five of their starters score in double figures. They get production everywhere. Um, I just I feel like they're the most complete team in basketball right now. And then with Purdue, you know, you have the story of losing to the their 116 matchup last year. The f- second time it's ever happened. The first time it happened was Virginia, and they went on to win the national championship next year. So, I don't know. Maybe that could be an indicator of it happening again. Um, but, yeah, just with how far along some of their guards have come, along with Zach Eady's continued dominance, I just think having such a consistent, reliable, and productive option is really, really tough to stop. And I, I, I feel like I would just be dumb leaving them out. Then my other two are a little bit more fun. I have the Vols. I think this is the year 
Coach Barnes leads Tennessee to their first Final Four. Um, just having Dog and Connect being able to score at such a high clip and they play so hard on defense, they rebound, they have multiple options. Um, I just think they're also a very complete team and very well coached. But then um, for my fourth team, uh, I'm going to – I'm going to predict that the Big East is going to have two representatives um, in the Final Four, which I hated leaving the Big 12 out, but none of the Big 12 teams stuck out to me as, like, I think they're going to make a run in March. I mean, Houston is obviously good, but the teams who really rely on defense and occasionally don't have the offense production that they would like, I don't trust as much in the tournament. Um, then Kansas. I've talked a lot about how I don't really trust them. And Marquette has just been really impressive. They don't really have any bad losses, um, which I think is very important. They take care of business against teams they should be. Like, their losses are to Purdue, Wisconsin, at Providence, at Seton Hall. And then they did drop one at home against Butler. But since then, they've won six straight. I think they're getting hot at the right time. I think they're very well coached. And I think they definitely have a shot at uh, making it to the Final Four. I'll be honest, I hate the UConn pick, but I'll get into why in a second. The best my team in the country? Four, I hate the best team final, in the country pick. My Final Four is <laughs> Purdue, UNC, Arizona, and Kentucky, and I'll go through it. Purdue, I completely agree with you. They have hey. the, the bounce-back year of, of 1-16 and 16 last year, and then turn around, and they've just taken care of business. Every single time they touch the floor, they seem like they've been in like a military camp. It's just all business. Every single time they play, they just expect to win, and they expect nothing less than a natty. I don't think UConn makes the Final Four just because of how insanely difficult it is to do it back-to-back. I understand they're playing well. They've they've played decent competition to bad competition. I mean, I know that the Big East is – is very hard. You win on the winning on the road is very difficult on the Big East, but they haven't had the signature wins like UNC has. Uh, oh yeah, Arizona has a bunch of signature wins. Yeah, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. I think the UConn back to back in the Final Four would be extremely unlikely, and they scream like for they're a team that screams that they're going to get put out earlier than they should. To me, at least. Arizona says the Arizona and Kentucky guy. I have, I have those in. So in March, I think that it is your teams are so dependent on guard play in March. And something that you can't argue is how well Kentucky and and Arizona have just a plethora of guards that can score at any level. Caleb Love has proved that once he, if he gets hot in March, then, I mean, he's almost unstoppable whenever he gets hot. With UNC, they they were crushing teams that they should have lost to or they would have lost to a month ago. I like where they're both at right now, as crazy as that seems. I, I don't like it when teams are hot at this point, early February, late January, because it seems like they aren't playing their best basketball in March. I'm a big fan of teams that are kind of trending down during this time of the year, and then at the end of February, they end up, picking up some wins, picking up some momentum and going to the tournament with high expectations for how far they're going to get. 
I love Arizona. I, I think that I think they have all the pieces if they can just put them together. They have such a talented team, and Kentucky does as well. They have such a talented team, especially with guards like DJ Wagner. That he's their third best player, um, and he was a consensus five star, number one recruit in the nation. I mean, they have so many guys, and yeah. they're missing a lot right now with injury. Right, but I think that it would be a little bit different if they had those guys. Can it? I will just say, I hear what you're saying about guard play in the tournament, and I agree with you. Kentucky, their best guard is Antonio Reeves, and then the three after that are all true freshmen. They're all awesome, but they're true freshmen. And I feel like it's been proven time and time again that you can't trust true freshmen in the NCAA tournament, um, no matter how talented they are. Like I'm, I'm not trying to hate on them. It's Wagner, who you mentioned, and Dillingham and Shepard, and they're all great. They've played fantastic to this point in the year. Um, I just – I trust Antonio Reeves. He He's the only competition for Dalton Connect for SEC Player of the Year. But I don't know. The freshmen so well. scare me. Rob Dillingham is, in my mind, not a freshman. He is he is so good. And he doesn't seem like he makes that many mistakes. He, he takes some bad shots every now and then. But it doesn't really seem – like he is out of place or, or playing timid or scared. He just seems like he is attacking at all times. He's so quick, so hard to guard. And they, they shoot it so well. I, I love teams that can get hot at a moment's notice in March because that stuff, that stuff sways games that are only decided by a possession or two. Is If one team is, is hot, they're making a couple shots that they shouldn't make. Kentucky's fully capable of that, and so is Arizona. UNC and Purdue are a little bit more stable with their big men, but for teams that can that can go on a run and can beat anybody, I think Kentucky and Arizona are at the top of the list. All right. I think that wraps us up for tonight. Check us out on Statletics Bets. Statletics underscore bets. Don't forget the underscore on X, Twitter. <laughs> And we will see you guys next week.